and it's darkness. Yeah. My soul away. The insecurities have me walking my path astray. My melody meddling with this medley. Heard the service is severing, but I'm heavily, heavenly. This be the opus, verbiage inside the focus. When I'm smoking, the instrumentation, daily motion, get the token on their unbelief. What was me is they Okay, welcome to another episode of Yeah But Not a Podcast mm-hmm. with Daria and Brandy. Hey, y'all. Okay, so per usual, we'll go ahead and get started <laughs> with huge. the situations and frustrations. So, Brandy, what's your situation this week? So, I feel bad because my situation is tied to your frustration. But I might have just watched the Super Bowl and I might have just seen the Patriots lose. And I feel all the good about that. Um, I don't like anything about that team, what they represent. Their uh, quarterback or their support of, our, I guess, our president, if I have to live in this country and he is a person in charge i guess i should call him such um but i like that they lost they are smug they are racist they are politically like entrenched they are just nasty to me so i'm glad that they lost (laughs) if that means that the eagles won then great 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 go eagles but i'm just glad they lost so i'm glad about that because given how it ties to your frustration and everything i think the patriots represent i'm glad they asked is lost so my situation this week is I got to indulge in my favorite conditioner. Mm. Um, it's called Tea Tree Tingle. It's a conditioner from Trader Joe's. No, they didn't sponsor this episode. <laughs> they should though. Um, Too much up. Man. And um, I love their conditioner because I can detangle with it really well. There's a YouTuber, my favorite YouTuber, Naptro85. She put me on to it. So um, me getting to like... Treat myself yes. in the shower and yes. just really like take my time to detangle my hair was so satisfying. So that is my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can go ahead and to my frustration. My frustration. What happened to the boycott? My people, my people. What happened? Where y'all going? Um, there were, you know, I know that there were some of us that didn't boycott for various reasons, but for those of us that said we were going to boycott the NFL. We're so angry and adamant all over the social medias. Um, <laughs> Plural. You know, all of them. And and said all these things and said all what these speeches. What you wasn't going to do and how this wasn't going to happen. And why we needed to, and the whole reason behind boycotting and why we needed to boycott and why we needed to back Kaepernick and support him and, you know, not support a company and a franchise that profited and... Um, off our blackness. Black, literally black. Athleticism. Basically blackballing him for doing what he should be doing. We said we were going to boycott. And those same people that said that, I see them all over the Uh same interwebs talking about where's the Super Bowl turn up. And Mm. I'm I'm confused. Mm. I'm confused. So, um. Are you also upset? That's okay if you are. I'm irritated and I'm frustrated with the whole thing. And I I think it's I need a whole nother podcast to talk about <laughs> how frustrated I am. Um We gonna make one. I so I'll say that I didn't watch the Super Bowl. She didn't. I left her up here and I went and watched like three minutes of it. But I also didn't watch the NFL at all. But I can also say that's not a big sacrifice for me because mm. I'm not a huge football fan. Mm-hmm. My husband, however, has was have lived and breathed football his whole life whole black life played football 
from peewee all the way through college and he actively did not watch the NFL yes, at all this year and did not watch the Super Bowl. Mm. And not because I said so or anyone said else said so, because he believed in the boycott. He believes that want that being satisfied and watching a football game on a on a day, it's worth the the sacrifice to for sitting on the couch drinking a beer, watching a football game. Um, that what Kaepernick was standing for, which was police brutality against African-Americans, particularly African-American men, is something that's worth giving up that TV time. So um, that's my frustration. Um, I'm sure there are others that share that same frustration. I'm sure there are others that are triggered by what I just said because they too enjoyed the end of the, the Super Bowl today. It happens, folks. That's my frustration. Word. What's yours? Um, mine, I guess in a weird way, kind of ties to that. Like how people will say they're going to do something that they don't do, like read a book for the book club. Amen. I'm going to need you to do several things if you didn't read it. The first should probably be shut up. Followed by apologetically stating that you didn't read it, not laughing it off and then hoping we tell you what happened instead of talking about what happened amongst those of us who already know what happened because we read the book. So I feel strongly about this because it's a waste of my time. Like, I believe your husband has said how much time he got back not watching football, the amount of time that's spent, right? So I took my time. I read this book. I showed up thinking other people were going to be like-minded and do the same thing. They didn't do it, and then they didn't care. So I don't understand. You know what I mean? So maybe it's that spirit that went into people's boycotts because they're like, yeah, I'm a boycott regular season now. So did you start watching in the postseason? Like, did you start watching when you found out it was going to be like the Eagles? Like, when did you decide that your boycott didn't matter? <laughs> I mean, I guess I have to say, and another thing, you know, like, is it that we, is it that we need a hashtag right before the Super Bowl for us to boycott? Is hmm. that what it is? Did we need another Trayvon to happen the night before? Like, you know, did we forget about all that outrage? And like, is that what it takes? You know, like, the, maybe they need to shoot an NFL player. Man, I just, I just don't understand because it. Because he looked aggressive. Protect- off the field I, I i don't get it i just can't wrap my mind around it um i would love to hear some of y'all's thoughts uh, about this and maybe someone can break it down and explain it to me why you know the people said they were going to yeah. boycott and didn't follow through or follow through up until the point where you know well i, I just want to go to the to the super bowl party and engage and have a good time but i won't watch but i'm like okay but <laughs> so you're gonna that inconvenience isn't worth what Kaepernick was fighting for? I don't get it. Okay. I'm going to move on because I'll talk about this all night. Um, So today, this episode is going to be... About melanated self-care. So, I felt, since it is February, mm. Black... <laughs> all 28 of the days. Black History Month, that we should start the... The month off by talking about how to take care of your melanin. Mm. Um, so we have some things here. Just a few. That we kind of think that we can do to take care of our melanin, okay? Word. Okay. You want to get started? Um, I'm going to go with, ironically, <laughs> some of these tips are about your literal skin and others are about your overall well-being. Like, how do you take care of yourself? Like, at, at what cost? Right? Are you sacrificing your well-being and how much would it cost to take care of yourself? 
And sometimes not much. Ironically, you could just read a good book so that when you show up at book club, people like me don't give you all the side eye and want to buy you like an Audible subscription. Because was it the words that you couldn't read? or <laughs> So, you know, finding little ways to like take time away from everything else that takes up your time. So visit another, you know, literal universe or another time in history or read about somebody else's life that's way worse than yours. (laughs) Whatever it is, you know what I mean? Find the time to kind of like care for yourself and enjoy time by yourself. And that could be one of those ways. I really like what you said about going into another universe because reading a really good book definitely takes you into a whole different Mm. space. Like Mm. sometimes we are in spaces that we literally cannot escape. We can't walk away. We can't go away. But if you have a book, sometimes you can escape into that place Mm -hmm. in the book for a little while without even having to get off of your couch. Reading rainbow. So, I mean, that's uh, reading is, is, has always been my go-to. It's always been my happy place and a place that I go to when I, I'm sad or I'm mad or whatever I'm feeling. I go there when I need to just be with myself mm-hmm. and I need to escape the realities of the world. So we recommend that for you. Um, I'll go next. It's my favorite word. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> What's my favorite word? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning it. Um, Tell us more because I don't know how to say no. So saying no frees you from putting things on yourself that you can't do. Mm. Um, So then it it allows you to not set unrealistic expectations for yourself because you said no to a thing that you already knew you couldn't do, but you committed to the thing because you didn't want the other person to feel a certain way or you didn't want to look a certain Mm. way. It's just better to just say no to the thing sometimes. Um, And then it also gives people a clearer understanding of your boundaries. Um, So if you say no to a thing enough times, people will know, okay, well, this is a hard boundary for her. (laughs) Or this is a hard boundary for him or they or them. Learn how to say no. Because it's, it's not rude and it's not mean and it's not disrespectful. It's just you allowing yourself to choose what it is you will and will not take time out to do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be a matter of, you know, a small little things that you don't maybe don't mind doing but don't want to do. But those things pile up and you end up neglecting the big thing that you mm-hmm. have over in the corner that you need to do. Um, so saying no is healthy and I recommend it. How do you say no, though? Like, if someone's like, oh, Daria, could you drop me by the airport tomorrow at, like, 3 in the afternoon? No. (laughs) Does my no need to have an explanation? Because mine always have explanations. No. Because if my answer is no, the answer is no. And I'm not... Because if you ask me something, the, the basic premise of a question is... If it's a binary question, I ask you, you can say yes or you can say no. Okay. The comma is optional. Mm. No is a full sentence. Damn. So if you provide an explanation, that's extra, but that's not required. And then people can be like, well, you can take me early if you say you have something to do. Right. I'll give you gas. Maybe like, I don't need your money. I don't want to do it. And the more you do it, the more people will understand. I'm not being rude. I'm just telling you no. And the people in in my life that know me, they know that if I say no, 
it's nothing personal. The answer's just no. Mm-hmm. I don't love you any less. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be here for you. The answer to your question is just no. And just because you asked me a question doesn't automatically mean that the answer gets to be yes because you asked it. True. And that's where all my struggle is. Where you, like, I want to turn my no into a, like, no, I'm sorry because, or I would if, and it's just no. Like, and I'm not sorry, and I wouldn't because I would if I wanted to. Ha! <laughs> So I think that if anybody's like me, we need to hear from people like you who are like, no. And then it also prevents me from having to lie to you because I don't like liars and I don't like lying to people. So if I say, oh, no, I can't because I have this thing and I and I really wanted to. Well, I just lied to you because I don't have a thing no and thing. I didn't really want to. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a way to be like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. I mean, don't do that. <laughs> but just say no. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I've gotten good at, like, not apologizing for things that aren't my fault. Like, I had a boss who'd be like, well, why don't you start the sentence with I'm sorry? But I'm like, I'm not sorry. So it's interesting how in some places I can be real firm. Um, But I think sometimes when it has nothing to do with me and someone's upset or, like, they want to voice their opinion, I'll hear them out, but I won't say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry a thing I didn't do happened if it's a frustration. Not, of course, I'm sorry if someone passed or I'm sorry to hear a thing. But so I need to work on the applying that principle to just simply saying no. Like when mm-hmm. someone asks me, because I'm not sorry my answer is no. The answer is just no. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, I have, I think two more, but this one I'm debating on which one I want to go with next. I would say working out because it goes along with what you just said about taking care of yourself. Like a lot of people, we will sacrifice ourselves for others. Right. And I took this yoga class all the time. And the teacher would say, you know, you owe yourself this hour. Like we're no good to anyone if we're not good for ourselves first. And we talk about on an airplane when the oxygen mask come down, they say, put yours on first. And so many of us are trying to do so much for other people. We don't do enough for ourselves. And then we end up stressed out, tired, frustrated, fat. Right. Eating bad things because we didn't say no. Yeah. And because we didn't find the time to work out because someone will make you think that's vanity. Right. Or Dan, are you still in the gym? You going to the gym after working all day? Oh, I don't know how you wake up and do that. You know, so I think that it's a release and it's like anything else. Right. If you've seen <laughs> Legally Blonde, she's like exercise creates endorphins. Endorphins make people happy. Happy people don't kill people. No. Like, <laughs> so you're doing the world a favor. <laughs> Every time you work out, someone didn't die. So, (laughs) you know, if you enjoy just being outdoors, I talk about the just massive benefits of walking. A lot of, you know, severely obese people, that's one of the first things they started to do. And even that's an accomplishment, just getting out. You know, they say 30 minutes of exercise, like three times a week or something, some crazy low number. Even if it's in 10 minute increments, you know, you leave your desk, you walk for 10 minutes, you go outside, you grab lunch instead of taking your car, whatever, you know, Um, working out with other people getting a trainer, finding some kind of accountability where you put yourself first because a healthier person is likely a happier person, you know? And even if they're not, I took a boxing class and I put many a face in my mind atop that bag. When I was punching, it was right there in they nose. So it's a good place for frustration. It's a good place for that pent up anxiety or frustration. And you'll, I'm sure nine times out of 10 sleep better and feel so much better after having gone. Uh, or sometimes just taking a hot bath, like going to the gym and just getting in the sauna, like getting in the, like in the whirlpool, like just boss. Like I'm not working out. I just came to get in the water. 
Hmm. You know, so finding the time to take care of yourself physically, because a lot of times that's where we'll give, you know, and then we'll feed ourselves instead of like treating ourselves for real. Right. We're sacrificing something else and filling it with something else. So like, I don't know, get up, work out, take a walk, do some yoga, come to my Zumba class. It ain't for three more weeks, but, you know, come by. Then I won't be the teacher no more. But find something you'd love to do that's good for you. Yeah. The next one is uh, hair care. As a natural, I I think that sometimes once you've been natural for a while, you can start to neglect your fro, Uh especially once you get some length on you Um, or like you can kind of get away with your hair. Um, Maybe not being as healthy as, but it still looks good. Like I know I can put my hair into a puff and my ends can look terrible, but I can put it into a puff and it still looks nice and I can still get compliments. So. Um, deep conditioning your hair on a regular basis, giving it a protein treatment, you know, making sure that that's something you do regularly, like at least once a month, getting your ends clipped. I know that's something I'm horrible with. Um, oh, I just clipped mine on Friday, like three days ago though. Well, I actually just made an appointment for next week so I can go get my ends clipped. So you can be beautiful that beautiful. And I can tell you that I have tried the whole like clipping your ends at home thing. I've watched all of the YouTube videos and like every time I do it, I feel like I don't get it all. Like all of the ends that need to be gone, they're not gone. So, for those of you that can do it on your own, bravo, kudos to you. Yes. Do that, girl. Who can also do eyebrows, too, with those little baby... Yes. Uh, little blades. <laughs> I'm yeah. so nervous. But for those of us that are like me, that cannot clip their ends on their own, girl, go find you a nice little natural salon that can go and get you right and get mm-hmm. your ends healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, you know, along with hair care, like, going heatless. Do a heatless challenge. Um, I know it's been probably, like, three years since I've had my hair straightened. Mm. Um, so, if you could, like, get, if you are somebody that straightens your hair a lot, puts a lot of heat, even just, like, blow-drying your hair a lot, um, see if you can give it a break. Go on a heat Be break. kind to your hair. Yeah. Um, and then, lastly, this is something I found is very important. Mm. Learn how to finger detangle. Learn how to do it properly. Um, I have been struggling with figuring out the proper way to finger detangle. Like one of the issues I've had is that sometimes my nails aren't filed and then it'll get caught in my hair, um, and cause breakage and that can cause split ends. Sometimes I'm in a hurry and I'm trying to just hurry up and get out the shower instead of taking my time and that causes breakage. So if you're going to finger detangle, finger detangle, learn how to do it properly. Also, if you detangle with tools, um, learning how to be gentle with your hair because I know be tools easy. make it fat can make it faster, but it can also cause a lot of breakage. So, um, yeah, that's it for hair care. That also reminds me, I was thinking like um, facials and like your skin. I think so many people uh, take great pride in what they put on their face. They don't really do that much when it comes to taking it off. So, you know, getting a facial, like joining one of those, um, like massage programs I've joined, uh, hand in stone, no sponsors, no shout outs. Uh, they're just not massaging BW because people there touch you in the wrong way. Apparently no, doesn't mean no. Uh, but I go and not so much for the massage before the facial once a month, someone takes care of my face in a way I never would. <laughs> and it has served me and I am looking at a pimple right now. I want to pop so bad. 
but you know, they still come, but being kind to your skin, washing off your makeup, washing your face at morning and night, moisturizing. Black people don't use SPF, I don't think, the way we should we supposed to. Because melanin is a gift, but it's not a complete protection. So, you know, anything we put on our face, as far as sunscreen, we should also be putting on our necks. We forget that. But if you want to be reminded, look at an old white lady in that neck. And say you and just remind yourself you don't ever want a neck that looks like that. Uh, we just forget, you know, the exposure of our bodies when we're driving on that left-hand side to the sun, we just need to sometimes, some of us, do better, um, myself included, especially with the sunblock, but moisturizing the, the those charcoal masks now. Even I got some, I bought them at Marshalls. Uh, and just giving your face the kind of care it needs. There's all this talk of essential oils. You know, I got some out of Jamaica. <laughs> Shout out to Nigel uh, and his Jamaican almond oil, uh, tea tree oil, shea moisture products, even though they put a lot of white people in the commercials. Whatever, you know what I mean? Treat your skin with care because it's all you have. And I think this goes back to my my mission to moisturize. And <laughs> as the reason say what happened to the Vaseline, you know, you have to take care of your skin now because it's going to age with you. So that would be my shout out. And then that too, the massages and things like that. We treat sometimes things like luxuries or gifts that are bare necessities. In some states, like a massage is cons- considered preventive health care. Mm. your insurance will pay for it really yeah yeah and uh i think here sometimes in texas those who have a TexFlex account your health savings account you can use that to pay for it uh i have not bothered with the paperwork because i don't want to borrow my own money <laughs> even though it cuts down i know my gross income etc but you know sometimes we treat a thing like a a specialty when it really is good because we're special so we should do it more often to anyone who has ever thought about that and hasn't had a massage or a facial ask for one for your birthday or for christmas you know ask me i'll get you one to hand in stone i get them at member prices um but take care of your of yourself right and don't see these things in the way that other people would tell you that they're vain or like a waste of money because you're investing in yourself from the inside out every time you get a massage they tell you to drink tons of water afterwards because they just pushed all those toxins out of your body they just moved them all around they start at your feet, you know what I mean? And it has to come out. So all this stuff is not just like ways to get your money. You know what I mean? Um, none of it is usually free, amen. Uh, but consider that as a form of self-care. I did a, a weight a weight loss program and one day a week, she said, take the day off, get a massage. She's like, do yoga, be kind to your body and treat it like its own instrument, not just here to use, for us to use, but for us to, you know, respect i mean i think what you said was so on point um about like seeing it as something that's vain or whatever because i I mean i kind of definitely see massages as a luxury as something you Mm -hmm. do on special occasions not something that would be like a necessity or something that would be beneficial to my overall health yeah um so that's eye opening for me and then also um you know thinking about the ways that we see we treat ourselves like you know a bottle of hennessy like Man. you can take that and put that on a massage you know the next time you go to whataburger add a bottle of those receipts that you have at the end of the month and like yeah star- starbucks might be self-care but there's other ways <laughs> yeah so i mean i think that like there are other things that we could supplement i think food is something that uh, a lot of us go to for like i'm going to treat myself and mm-hmm. then maybe instead of doing that going to get a massage yeah. is, yeah. option. I mean, Groupon, hello, Groupon has some $30 hollows uh-huh. that you can get at. So They stay giving you uh, 20% off something with whatever code they made up that day. Kind of in that same vein, I'm going to say um, 
Find a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, I said in the first episode and that... And she'll say it again. I need counseling. Um, and so I have... I am in a journey of finding a counselor that makes me feel comfortable, oh. that I like. And so um, that's something that I need. And that's something I think that a lot of us need. But um, i either too stubborn to see that we need it. Yes. Um, have problematic thinking when it comes to counseling. Totally. And, and understanding that. Or... Just haven't set aside the time to go and do anything about it. Right. Um, one thing that I've heard is like, well, that person don't know me. Well, neither does <laughs> the person that you meet at the club, but you give them their numbers. Ooh. And you get to know them. Mm. But the but a counselor, they are trained professionals that are trained to help you get tools to navigate life. So see them as a friend that you're meeting for the first time. You know, they're not going to fix everything from the first meeting, but you get to know each other. And they're not going to fix anything. Yeah, you. they give you <laughs> tools for you to fix whatever it is that you want to fix. And they don't know you. And That's they, the good part. Yeah, that is. You can bear your whole soul. Who they going to tell? Don't, they better not say nothing. Well, they legally can't. Hello. Legally. Ethically bound to let you be as weird, as messy, as needy, as insecure, as overcompensating, as bitchy. As you want to be. And I mean, think about the last time you told a friend, girl, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell nobody. And they went and told everybody. You know we had to tell somebody, though. You know that, right? Your counselor will keep your stuff confidential because they're legally bound to. We just tell someone that doesn't know you. That's what we do. I'm so sorry. Um, So, yeah, just um, find find yourself a counselor. Um, and if you can't find yourself a counselor of similar identities, mm-hmm. me personally, I'm I'm looking for a black female counselor. Um, there are things culturally that I just feel like yes. someone that is a male or is white or of a different race just really wouldn't understand because of the the real world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a world where being black and a woman having, as I said last episode, having melanin attached to your vagina. Mm. It's, it's on attack. So I'm like, I, I need somebody that can relate to me, that can understand what I'm what I'm talking about and what I'm going through and can help mm-hmm. me unpack some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm looking for. And so if you want a counselor and you kind of want to look for something like that, I would recommend looking for somebody that can, that that's not a guarantee that because they look like right. you and they, um, you perceive them to be like you. Yeah, your that, shared that experiences. Is, that it's going to be a good fit because that's not always the case. Mm-mm. That's not what I'm um, saying. <laughs> you have to find your match. Um, that's what I'm saying. You have to find your match. And I pers- I think that it's easier to find you a match with somebody with of similar background and experiences. But that's not a guarantee right? Um, that it's going to be a great match every time in the first time. True. But it's worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, my last one, ironically, is about sleep. So for those who have never in their lives believed that narcolepsy was real, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> it is hard to keep um, a person whose brain says goes night, night, night <laughs> to stay awake. Can you explain to, to uh, folks what it is? So I, narcolepsy yeah. is <laughs> for real legitimately the... Um, inability to keep yourself awake so if you've ever seen somebody dozing and you're like yo are you asleep right now were you just and they're like yes (laughs) they probably didn't want to be right they didn't have a long night they have a um not chemical imbalance per se but there's something in my brain that's like go to sleep and i'd be like cool 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 
cool. I'm, I'm, I'll wake up later. So it is definitely a challenge. Um, and what I had to really take seriously after like almost 35 years of life. Uh, but what happens as a result of that is sometimes I don't sleep well because I'm sleeping at all these random times, whether I'm tired or not. <laughs> so I am medicated now. Uh, and that has helped a tremendous amount but what would help more than anything, and what my doctor has said, is to get a minimum of seven hours sleep when it really needs to be eight. Uh, and that's the number we've heard. And, you know, say what you want about it and how we can all live off less, but we shouldn't. Because your body's natural defense against most things is repair. And you repair your body when you sleep. So many times, right? Think about how you try to get something done and you're tired and it takes you twice as long. You do half of it inside out <laughs> and you have to do it again later when you wake up, right? When they say sleep on it, give yourself time, right? Your body needs to recover. When you get sick, the first thing somebody do is tell you to sat down somewhere and then you go right to sleep. So we tend to run on fumes or think we are getting more done because we're sleeping less and we're not doing ourselves any favors. Uh, and they say one way to find out how much sleep your body needs is to I think on a weekend, like go to bed at a regular time as if you were going to bed and waking up the next day and wake up naturally. That's how long you need to sleep. So, and to keep ourselves within a rhythm, we need to be sleeping the same amount of time even on weekends. I know I don't. Um, so trying to be consistent with that sleep because it repairs your body, your mind, your uh, muscles, you know, your memory, your ability to make good decisions, like irritability, all those things are tied to sleep. Think about how nasty your mood is when you're tired or you're hungry, mm. right? We're, I, we're just grown up babies. <laughs> what, I used, <laughs> yeah. what I used to tell my students in college when I was teaching, I'd be like, you know, that those are two things we never outgrow, being sleepy or tired. So, you know, if you don't eat well and you ain't sleeping, you're a mess, you know? So that's also a way to control weight loss, all those things. So, even though I don't get it, I'm preaching more to myself than I am the choir. It is so essential to give yourself that time because then you can use all the other time that you're awake so much better. Yeah. And I mean, they have some helpful apps out there now. Um, I know on the iPhone and there are some other apps out there that have where you can set an alarm for bedtime. I need one. So I have an alarm on my phone that tells me an hour before mm. I need to go to bed. So for the whole What's the week, name of that? Um, this sorry. is the one that just regular. Oh, is it for iPhones only? Um, it's the one that comes with the iPhone. Shout but out I can, to the droid users. I can shout out some other apps that do the exact same Hashtag thing. Hashtag not sponsored. So it's not sponsored, <laughs> but I need one. So I'm asking her for but all what's, of what's nice is so for the whole week is I will look at my calendar and see what time I need to be up to get ready for the day. Mm. So I will set that alarm and then I'll, then it'll ask me, okay, how many hours of sleep do you oh. want to get? So I'll say, I, I need eight hours. And so it'll say, okay, you need to go to bed by right this now. time to be get eight hours of sleep on this day. And then it'll have an alarm that'll set like an hour before say, hey, you need to go to sleep in an hour. Mm, so I'm getting one of these. For example, if I need to go to sleep at 1030 to get my eight hours, then at 930, I get an alarm saying, hey, you need to go ahead and start gearing down, winding down. Turn off the lights. So it allows, so it gives me an hour that an hour allows me time to mm -hmm. like take a shower you know like whatever stuff i want to look at on my phone whoever want to call whatever mm -hmm. i need to finish up finish that up and get, at least get in the bed by Ooh, 10 that's 30 good. That's like, mm. um so i mean you think about you need an alarm to get up you might need an alarm to go to sleep yeah. too so 
She right. That's what my doctor said. But I mean, now that Daria said, I, I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then my last one is go back to school. So um, I, I'm going to just read this. I wrote this down while I was at work and I was thinking about um, some people in my life that want to go back to school but haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so here it goes. Um, you are not too old, too dumb, too black, have too many kids, been married for too long, mm. too poor, or whatever self-degrading thing you can think of to go to college or whatever form of higher education you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, I think people put say things to us about what we can and cannot do. Yeah, they're setting our limits. They themselves can't have, have set that limit on them. Take Don't, the limits off. Don't let other people put their limits on no. you. If you want to go back to school and get your bachelor's degree and you feel like you're too old, there's no such thing. Go back and get your degree. If you have already received your degree uh-huh. and you want to go back and get another certification, you want to go back and get a master's or a PhD, you go back and you get that. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever kind of class certification, if you want to go back they and learn another language, whatever it is that you want to learn that you want to do that requires you to go to class and do it, go back and do it. There's no such thing. as. And if you think that you're like, oh, well, I was never the smartest person... Perceiving yourself to not be smart is part of half the battle, first of all. Because typically that's, that is just mental. Um, it's not an actual fact. It's and something smart that people flunk out of college all the time. All the time. Um, you are not too dumb nope. to go to college and finish. Mm-mm. You are not too dumb to go back and get another degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some of, for those of us that have our master's and are like, I'm not going back, you know, go back and get that PhD. You can, especially for those of us with melanin. There needs to be more of us with those degrees and the positions to make the decisions. So Word. Um, if that's something that you aspire to, something that you've been thinking of but putting off and putting to the back burner because I got kids and I don't have time. I'm married and I got to tend to my significant other. You know, I have a job and I don't have time. If you want to do it, find the time and make it happen. Hmm. And, and, the, and the real question sometimes is, do you have the desire? Because if you have the di- desire, you'll find the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, look at how much time we, we spend watching football, listening to podcasts. Look, hmm. no shade. We want you to listen. But if this was an hour of your time and you didn't crack open a book, study for a test, learn how to do a two-strand twist because you're trying to do hair on the side, then what are you doing? The time is present. Are you? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. That's a bumper sticker. Man. The time is present. That, that came you? to me, y'all. That was that was God. All that of came us. right through me. <laughs> mm. That's a word. That's somebody's whole word right there. Hmm. Because my mama said, the time going to pass, what you going to do with it? Hmm. You know, four years from now are going to be four years from now. Will you be doctor so-and-so? I, I mean, you could go my route because it'll be the E. In front of that D, it won't be a PhD. It's gonna be an EDD <laughs> or no thank ye. Okay, it ain't happening no other way. Daria got time. She got goals. We need her to be a doctor. Ah, uh, you know, and completely different things. I've seen people quit phenomenal careers because they weren't fulfilled. Mm. You know, I've seen people start families late in life because the desire to start would never went away. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like Viola Davis, her husband had grown kids, and she said, "I just can't kick this desire to have a baby." He said, "Well, then let's have one." Imagine that, you waiting until later in life to have a baby. You know, and then they adopted their daughter. 
And, you know, sometimes this spouse or this person or your or your network doesn't even know this is something you want to do. So they, they aren't supportive because they didn't even know that you needed support in that way. They, they had no idea that you were so secretly talented or thirsty or, or contemplative, you know. And then you say a thing and people sometimes will do a thing, honey. They will drop off kids. They will make lunches. They will learn how to flat iron. They'll do whatever they need to do. You know what I mean? So that you can do what you feel led to do. Mm. Word. Well, I did have one more that I wrote down. What it is? Love yourself. Oh. Tell yourself I love you. Mm. Love um, you, Brian. And do the things that, like, so think about, like, oh, man, like, this person, I want this person to love me, and I want this person to do this and that for me. All the things that you'll want someone else to Ooh. do for you that love you, do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. think about that like write those things down type them out if you're like me find an app and put it in the <laughs> app and then <laughs> i'm a true millennial what can i say um but have it down somewhere the things that you want someone else that loves you to do for you write those things down and then find a way that you can do it for yourself mm-hmm. um, i like that so because you're lovable just like you are i am i'm lovable and sometimes i'm squishy like a teddy bear because i eat too many tacos i'm a little huggable right now <laughs> it's more me than there was this time last year <laughs> so moving on to the bookshelf what's on your bookshelf what's on your bookshelf um so this week what's on my bookshelf what's on your bookshelf it's something i stole from your bookshelf mm. i don't know if i said this already but if I did, I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> you should leave it in, though. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Small Great Things by Oh, Jody you have Pickles. not said that. Shout out, Jody McCall. She's my favorite. She doesn't have to sponsor us, but if I can meet her, it'd be a dream come true. Yes, Small she- Great Things. Um, This book is amazing. It's so good. And it's so relevant. Mm-hmm. And you should pick it up and read it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Because I need a whole nother, not even podcast, I need a whole nother, like, a yeah, but nah, I need, like, a book, <laughs> like, a book reading podcast to talk about this book. So, it's going to be in the little description area where I always put them, um, all the books. So, Joni Pickles, Small Great Things, yes, check it out. she's the author of uh, My Sister's Keeper and um, several other phenomenal works. So, if you're not ready for the one that's almost 400 pages, Small Great Things, you could start with something smaller. Um, but once she hooks you, you're it's, you're done. <laughs> and you're welcome to join my book club because I'm sure you'd read all her books. Hmm. Um, that's what I wanted to announce. I finally finished The Husband's Secret. Yay! Me and three other people who went to this book club. So I'm mad at them. But my next book uh, is the one my dad recommended that I mentioned on the last one called The Winner by David Baldacci. Uh, the amount of excitement he has for this book makes me want to like go buy nine copies. So again, it's about a girl who they rig the lottery so she can win with the understanding that clearly it's rigged. Uh, she'll die if she doesn't leave the country and change her name. And she decides that she wants to come back and then people go out to get her. Um, so it sounds like a thriller and really, really good. So I am open to reading all kinds of things. So it's going on the bookshelf. Okay. So I'll be honest, I, for today, I didn't prepare anything for that's my shit. But that's my shit. That's my shit. I guess I don't, huh? I don't. I guess on mine would be friends because I'm about to have a birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the older I get, sometimes the less people you call friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> this way. <laughs> so I'm excited uh, sometimes by the fact that I my friends just love on me in all my crazy because it's a lot. So I am thankful to have different people who love different little bits. Um, and it's just a great reminder sometimes as we get older that we've made good choices somewhere in life. <laughs> And we have people who are really those people, you know, like we ha- we have a bad day or you feel real fat. They'll be like, you're pretty and you make good choices, even if you made the worst choice ever that day. Um, and they'll also be like, get over yourself <laughs> and get it together. That didn't work out. Do something different. So uh, I just think in this, what will be my new year, uh, I'm thankful for that. And people who are just like, I got you, even when you make me want to strangle you. So when you said friends, I really thought you were talking about the show. The TV. I don't know what you were humming. And I'll the, be there, there for you. Yeah, they were no yeah, and they weren't. And then I, I was like, oh, Daria, you thinking with your sleepy brain. Because she's literally talking about friends. <laughs> Actual friends and not <laughs> smelly cats. Smelly cat. It's all your fault. Yeah, not those friends. <laughs> um, but do we got some listener letters, though? Yeah, we do. You sound like Freddie from uh, a different world. That's a she like always, when the news breaks. She, no, but she be like always like ding 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 ding. She be doing that. Oh no, I haven't seen the reruns lately. I do. I, be I know because they was they reruns for you. They wasn't first airs. <laughs> you ain't have to do that. I was there when history was made. You I saw have, them the first time. You didn't have to blast my age like that. <laughs> Anywho. This listener, Rich, says, and they asked to be a, a this listener. Okay. Okay, so we have a listener that wrote we, in. At least one. We have two. Ah, boom, two. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank ah. you for writing in. Um, so this listener says, good morning. Hey. Thanks for your podcast. Thank you. I wanted to share my lituation and frustration yes. for the week. The lituation being, I received a promotion yesterday. Oh, shit. The fr- That's my shit. That's my shit. The frustration being, I received a promotion yesterday. No. That's right. You would think I would be twerking it out in my office with Boom. the door closed after Boom. hearing that I would be making more money. Don't get me wrong. I'm very thankful. However, the sheer amount of negativity, work overload, mm. micromanagement, and stress I have to deal with made me want to holler. It's about damn time. Ha! Throw up both my hands. But that's not the worst part. Have you ever dealt with the Latino male machismo? I do. For instance, my supervisor often sends multiple messages and made it very clear that he does not view me as a servant leader or a leader at all for that matter, despite 12 years experience in higher education. Despite working on a doctorate, Mm. he has his master's. Mm. Despite having been a director in my previous role, Mm. he oozes with... chauvinism and as a result i act more aggressively or manly just to match the work Mm -hmm. environment you are not a servant leader this is what i was told shortly after hearing i would receive a promotion and the words still staying Mm -hmm. too bad i know that's not true in fact someone i used to supervise just commit commented on social media uh, commented on a social media post encouraging me to finish school that they were lucky to get to work with me and thank me for being a great leader a friend of mine told me she has confidence of a mediocre she has the confidence of a mediocre white man and it gets her through many situations (laughs) why 
Why can't I just be a fabulous black woman and not be painted like an angry, angry bitch at work and get the recognition that I feel I deserve? It hurts. It's frustrating and frustrating. And honestly, they can keep the promotion. It's just hush money at this point. Damn. Damn. So, listener, let me tell you, I feel you, man. I feel you, and I think a lot of our listeners feel you. And we are you. <laughs> Man, all day, every day. This is what I'll say to you. Um, your mental health is worth so much more than any paycheck that they could ever give you. It comes at a cost. I say that understanding and knowing that bills are real. Yes. These loans are real. The worst. And that we need these paychecks, Amen. right? Um, I would encourage you... Um, so go ahead and put those applications out there. Um, yeah, treat them like a trick. Keep their job a year with that title and that money and bounce. Yeah, it sounds like you're not getting fulfilled there. You're not getting what you deserve there, and you deserve more than that. Um, I think it's so fitting that this episode we talked about, um, you know, saying no. You hmm. know, saying no. And I mean, I'm not saying say no to that position, girl, because get your coins. I'm saying saying no to that kind of treatment, saying no to that. And it's and I know that it's not as simple as just saying no and bouncing. Right. I'm not saying leave your job um, without another one lined up. I would never advise anybody to do that. The bills keep coming. But I would encourage you to take all of your skills and your black girl magic elsewhere where they will appreciate hmm, sprinkle it. Sprinkle me, man. Because if you're dealing with a, with a male that's, deep 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 within his patriarchal privilege there's nothing that you can do to help change him or to change his mind about you because it's not about you it's about him yeah you're just wrong because you're a woman right he's taking all of his messed up misogynistic thoughts about you as a woman um and putting them on you and making you unable to perform i'm going to assume unable to perform at your best self because your best self is your happy self um, and if you have to do all of the work that you're doing and you can't, you can't be happy about it, you can't even enjoy the fact that you got a promotion, Man. you know, that's deep. Just like a dude to mess up even the good thing. <laughs> Sorry, dudes. Not all of y'all. I mean, this, this, but the systemic patriarchal system is real. And I mean, we talked about before how our male allies are so crucial and those situations, I'm sure there's other male coworkers around. I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming that there are probably other males in the vicinity that see the way that he's treating you and not stepping up and on your behalf. That's where those allies come in. and Those are so critical. Um, so I would encourage you to apply for another position, but the, while you're there, like Randy said, treat that job like a trick. Yeah. Get the coins, get whatever pro- professional experience that you can get out of that position, whatever benefits. Go back and yep. look at the benefits package that you have and see how much you can milk up out of that thing before you leave. Yep, see if you can, you know, do anything with your hours. You know, if there's a way, if this promotion has you working more closely or less clo- closely with that guy. And just know, you know, it's one thing to intimidate uh, a person it's another thing for them to act on it and that's what a lot of uh, this is the second time today i've heard this story about a black woman not being supported by a male boss who makes it painfully obvious that they don't support them what part of the game is that where you're not believing in me as my boss is what you tell me right as you promote me or tell me that's why you won't promote me you know your your work, even if it took 12 years, right, speaks for itself. 
and then people speak well of you. This person will never do that. You know, and we sometimes my dad calls it kicking against the pricks, as they call it in the Bible. And we are trying to prove ourselves to a person who will never think we're not what they already believe we are. You can't convince someone of the truth when they'll believe a lie. Also, and let's be clear, what he's doing to you is verbal abuse. No one deserves to stand and continue to to receive that kind of verbal abuse at work. Um, you know, I think that um, physical abuse is something that's easy to see and recognize right. because there's physical bruises, right? Um, but the verbal and mental abuse bru- bruises we can't see yeah. and always readily recognize. And we don't often recognize it and see it as a workplace issue because we see it as, oh, well, we're just being professional. It's just feedback and criticism. No, there's a difference. Um, so what this supervisor is doing to you is mental and verbal abuse. Um, and as much as we want to check out of work and check back at home, you take that ish home with you. Right. Um, and so the people that you love in your life also have to live with the treatment that you're getting at work. So that's something to also take into consideration. Mm. Um, okay. So we have another letter. So this, um, person, (laughs) he said that he wanted me to just go. He, I asked him, Hey, is it cool if I say your name on the podcast? He going to do the a loudspeaker emoji. You can tell him I said it. <laughs> Who this is? But I'm not going to put your full government out there. So I'm going to just say your first name, Derek. For the following, just note that I am no way policing other people or telling other parents how to raise their children. Oh, but I think you are, Derek. I think that's what's about to happen. Let's see. <laughs> Now that we've got that out the way, I'd like to bring up a topic that may trigger some people, especially parents. Don't worry, I'll be brief. One thing I feel is detrimental to a child's personal growth and development, especially during their adolescence and teenage years, is having our children babysit. Before anybody gets their feathers ruffled, just know I get it. Things happen in our lives as parents. We may need to have our children babysit for various reasons. We... We have to work and can't find reliable babysitter in the meantime. We can't find babysitter in our budget. We may not be able to adequately provide for our children unless we have the older child babysit as a discounted rate of free free 99. I'm, I'm not stating my opinion on this just to be a jerk, I assure you. One thing I would like more parents to consider is the fact that while we make our older, more responsible children babysit their younger siblings on a frequent basis, we're thrusting them into a responsibility that was either that was either none of their doing, something they never asked for or signed up for. We are the parents, Uh period. We're the ones who decided to have children, Mm. not them. Mm. We're the ones who made the conscious decisions to lay down with whomever to create another human being and raise them into the world, not them. The last thing I feel we should do is force them to babysit, especially for free. Mm. Growing up, I witnessed many of my friends miss out on many opportunities to be a kid. They couldn't go out and enjoy their weekends with us during summer seasons because they had to stay stuck in the house and babysit. I get it. Some people don't understand what it's like to raise multiple children, especially as a single parent. However, that doesn't negate the fact that we are all once we are all once children as well. Their experience as a child should never be dismissed. I also don't feel that parents should 
cyclically diminish their, ch- their child's feelings simply because it was done to us. But that's another write-in for another day. <laughs> before another, before anybody decides to come for my credentials, because I know it's coming, yes, I am the father of a beautiful seven-year-old young lady. In closing, I'm saying all this to say that before we throw responsibilities into our children's shoulders, it shouldn't, it wouldn't kill us to stop and think about their happiness and their equality of life all the time, not only when it's convenient for us. Huh. Damn. Well, that was a pregnant silence. Yeah, I don't know what to say there. Uh, I'm the youngest of five, so I've never babysat any human. Um, other than people who paid me to do it, and I wasn't that good at it. But you're right. It's a huge responsibility um, and one that, you know, should be treated as such. Like, that person should be compensated. That person should be trained. That person should be given the option to say no. (laughs) Um, And it's tough, you know, because as the youngest of other siblings, I wasn't listening to them. I'm like, you're not my mom. You know, so, and I wasn't even a bad kid per se, but I knew that she didn't do my hair the way mama did. And I know that that sandwich tastes funny because mama ain't make it. So why put a kid in a position to have to take care of someone who they can't discipline, right? But they're responsible for taking care of. It doesn't make sense. It's such a double bind for the child who was treated both as a child and a guardian but not given the respect of the guardian or the freedom of the child. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you um, talked about, addressed the socioeconomic privilege and being able to have a babysitter, right? Because I think that that's, that's a real reality. If you really don't have the money to have a babysitter, you don't have the money to get a babysitter. However, um, I think that what he said is, is also true that, um, part of the childhood of the older sibling is taken away. I'm the oldest of one, but we're three years apart. And so I never had to babysit my sibling because we're too close in age for either of us to be watching each other. <laughs> but I did have friends who had siblings that were significantly younger than them. And they, once they got to teenage years, they started to kind of resent their sibling, not because they didn't like their sibling, but because they were resented the fact that they were, limited in things that they were able to do because they had to play parent Mm -hmm. when they were not a parent they were a teenager i can't speak as a parent because i'm not one um and i would never pretend to understand the responsibilities and the choices that parents have to make every day for the betterment of their kids true but i can say that i appreciate this letter and i feel what you're saying so thank you so much for writing in Mm -hmm. and let's see how it goes because kids gotta get watched Kids got to get it watched, but kids need to be kids. Word. Okay. I think that's all for today. I think that does it. That does it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to another podcast, y'all. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Ayo, she told me to breathe Asking why you stressing over little things You cut from a different cloth Stitched with a better scene You got a dream, don't let the devil intervene I respect the square one when you lower your self-esteem Pray for peace See pride, they can pry you from your purpose Pumping up your buttons, you become a different person And I like you, deep guy Trying to break the cycle, but I say know your worth What you write, know it's vital